This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Sonny Ship. If you're watching over on YouTube, we want to make sure to welcome you in via video. And if you're not, if you're listening to it, make sure to subscribe still. Get those numbers up. We are doing a great job. Subscriptions have gone up on the YouTube page, uh, Apple, Spotify, continuing to climb Sonny, I imagine a big reason is because of our baseball coverage, not the basketball. Not the basketball coverage. The baseball coverage, though, people are getting excited about. Basketball hasn't ended yet? <laughs> I think you shot a text at the group saying, this just needs to end. I mean, I just mean, the misery is just, you know, I mean, it's, it's to the point now to where it's – I don't even think people get upset now because apathy set in several losses ago. <laughs> I know that it's um, – the wife asked me, it's our first Valentine's Day as a married couple, and she said, hey, are you going to have to go to Athens, you know, to cover the Georgia-LSU game? And this was about, you know, two and a half months ago. I said, maybe. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then Glenn gave me the green light and said, hey, don't worry about it. There's no, it's, it, it's fine. It's, it, don't, don't worry about that. So <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. But baseball is just around the corner. But we wanted to touch on today uh, the 2024 class. It's never too early. Uh, the staff has definitely kind of turned their attention to the 2024 class. Uh, and, and Sonny, I, I, as much as you, as, as well as you know, I kind of attribute it can be a little bit of a silly season. You see a lot of offers come out to a lot of different kids. Um, and it's not that the kids are not deserving of the offers. I want to you know, preface with that, that. There's a lot of talented kids that LSU has offered uh, but part of the job that, you know, you and I have to do, we have to do, and people on 24-7 sports as a whole is kind of sift through that. Who are some of the real options? So today we're going to kind of take a look at some of the uh, the real targets, especially some in-state talent that I know Brian Kelly and his staff want to keep within Louisiana's borders. Uh, but when we look at this class right now, I mean, you're sitting here in February, Sonny. You have eight commits, number three in the country, and it's some high-level talent uh, that is not only – feels like they're pretty committed to what LSU has, but also doing a good job of recruiting other guys to come in as well. Yeah, and and when you kinda when you kind of lay the groundwork of of this class from the get-go, eight commitments, like you said, the number three class in the country, uh, with 24-7 sports and also on the 24-7 sports composite. But I think when you when you get past just those numbers right there and you look at the class, uh, you know, more as far as more as for what you have, you, you have to kind of you have to feel good about the fact that there are several things you can highlight. One, you got a quarterback. 
You already got your quarterback in the class and Colin Hurley, who is who's not only working on his craft, but also one of your, you know, one of your most avid recruiters out there. He's busting his butt on the recruiting trail. He's going to help you bring in guys. He's going to help you, you know, he's going to help you be able to get in on guys who maybe uh, who maybe you you wouldn't have necessarily gotten in on before just because he can do a lot more for you than coaches. Kids aren't, you know, prospects themselves are not uh, regulated by any sort of rules or anything. So they can reach out to kids. They can talk to kids as much as they want, whereas the coaches are hamstrung by the NCAA rules that they have to abide by, you know, relative to what recruiting period that they're in right now. Uh, Fortunately for us and for the LSU staff, we're in a dead period right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a dead period, you know, what that means is that there's no unofficial visits. Coaches can't be out on the road. You're limited to being able to talk on the phone, message, you know, uh, means like that. And that gives us a little time to refresh. It also gives coaching staffs all across the country their first opportunity to have any kind of downtime since basically August when fall camp, when fall camp opened. And so, you know, being in this period right here, it's kind of like everyone's just kind of recharging right now, but there's still a lot going on on the recruiting trail. Coaches are, you know, coaches are working those phones from their vacations. They're, you know, staying in touch with, uh, you know, with some of the kids that they have. And so, you know, while a a dead period is a little bit misleading (laughs) in this industry, because when it comes to recruiting, it's never dead. But, um, you know, going back to those positions that LSU has been able to hit on, you know, you got your quarterback. If you look at Louisiana for 2024, it's going to I think it's going to be very light as far as P5 offensive linemen go. Hmm. Kyrie Lee out of John Eric, uh is, is your biggest name right now and is your biggest guy that has emerged at that position. And LSU already has him on board. And, and so that's, a, you know, that's another one that you can look at and you can kind of say, OK, you know, we're off to this fast start, but it's also a quality fast start. You go over and you look at you look at linebacker. Linebacker is going to be a big need for you, especially with the limited numbers that you already have on on campus right now. Um, Xavier Atkins, you've already got him committed. Yeah, you don't like the fact that he's moved to where he's now basically about an hour and 15 minutes away from Texas A&M's campus outside of Houston. But he's still a guy that, you know, he's still a guy that I, I think you have to feel good about where you have him right now. Then you also have Maurice Williams Jr. out of Houston who's committed. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, is he going to be a safety? Is he going to be a linebacker? You know, I still think that he's a guy that when he gets to LSU, he's going to start out at safety. And, and, and if he grows into a linebacker, then that's the path that he'll go. But, you know, with linebacker being a big need position right there, it's good to kind of have a, you know, you've got to kind of, you've already got a little head start in areas like that. So I think that, you know, having the rankings, having the commitments right now, um, you know, is nice when you look at the list. But when you really dive into it, I think you have to feel good about the quality positions that you've been able to address already. Yeah, it's definitely not a time of the year where you want to say, hey, you know, we've got the number six class in the country, but it's really, uh, we don't have a standout guy. I think LSU is sitting in a pretty good position where, hey, it's a top five class right now. Obviously, a lot of things can happen, but you feel good about that depth. Now, 
staying within the state of Louisiana because we know it's very important, a lot of talent. You look at the top two guys per 24-7 uh, in that. Uh, Tredez Green, the tight end, who's got a crystal ball into LSU, he could pair very well with a guy like Tavion Galloway, two guys that – look, I've had a chance to talk with Tavion Galloway you know, earlier this week, and they saw what Mason Taylor did in year one. And so that package deal, along with a quarterback, I mean, offensively, that has to make you excited if you could pull in a guy like Tredez Green, like right now the number one player in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, I, you know, right now I feel good about LSU landing Tredez Green. I'm not sure what sport it's going to be, though. Is it going to mm. be football or is it going to be basketball? Because, uh, you know, he, he he continues to grow. He continues to get taller. And uh, I was talking to a coach. I was talking to a coach earlier in the week, and, and he told me that he is that, – that if he's not 6'8", he's very – he's pretty close to it. And okay. so, you know, there's even reports of him being, you know, as tall as 6'9". And, and so as he continues to fill out, I think you really start to question, okay, how, you know, how big is this guy going to get? Is he going to grow out, out and grow tight end? And is he going to be that power forward that, you know, he, that a lot of schools have offered him in basketball. LSU mm -hmm. has offered him basketball in basketball as well. And so, you know, I think the jury is still out on Tradez Green and, and what route that he actually goes. And now being that it's in basketball season, he's probably leaning towards basketball, just like when it was football season, he was leaning towards football. Mm -hmm. But I think this summer is going to be kind of be that critical juncture to where, okay, he needs to decide what route he's going to go because you're not going to go basketball and football at a school like LSU That's and hard. be able to, to succeed and prosper in both the way that a guy with his potential in each sport, um, you know, that he has that ceiling for. And so I think this summer is going to be critical for him. Is it going to be the football route? Is it going to be hitting the AAU circuit? Um, you know, so that's a big question with him. I think when you go back to uh, when you look at – and uh, who was the other one that you mentioned? I'm sorry, Tylen Singleton? Uh, Tavion Galloway, the other tight end that's currently yeah. committed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, you know, Galloway came down last summer for camp. He worked out for Mike Denbrock in June. He, uh, Mike Denbrock was, was very familiar with him from his days of being the OC and the tight ends coach mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. And so, you know, Denbrock has seen enough of Galloway to where, you know, I, I think that, you know, while – uh, man, I forget what, what is he ranked right now. Do you have that pulled up in front of you? I know, I know he's a, I know he's a four star. I think he'd want to say like what seven or eight at his position, maybe. He's eight, the eighth best tight end in the eighth, country. Eighth right at now. his yeah. position. You know, you, you look at Tradez Green, you see that number two up there by his position, by his position rank, and it gets you know, it gets the casual observer excited. And then they may look down and say, oh, well, this one's number eight. You know, that's a that's not a big difference. That's not yeah. a big difference in the grand scheme of things, and especially for what uh, you know, for what LSU wants out of their tight end. They want a guy who's going to be able to, you know, to be an asset and to be a factor in the passing game. And both of those guys bring that to the table. Yeah, and Galloway's a guy you mentioned. Tradez Green talking with that coach. I mean, he probably plays more up to six, seven, six, eight. Galloway's six five. When I talked to him, he said he feels like. He said, can you update it to 6'6 six, six for me? I feel like I've grown an inch, which obviously means a lot for him in that sense. Now, we talked about kind of safety linebacker. And when you look at going staying in state, one guy we already kind of mentioned his name, Tylen Singleton. I mean, that's a guy that LSU would really like to have. Uh, another guy that, uh, you know, th this, is, this is the question I have for you, Sonny. You can see a guy, Tylen Singleton, currently listed 6'1", 200. 
any chance that he grows into that hybrid, or is he more of a guy that you feel like is going to stay kind of in the defensive backfield? What's interesting, if Manny, if Manny's head coach that they had had there for a while, if Jess Curtis had stayed at Manny because he went over to Natchitoches Central, but if he had stayed at Manny and had Tylen Singleton, I could easily see Singleton, you know, taking the same route that that Tackett Curtis took. You know, Tackett mm-hmm. Curtis was a, started out at safety, played safety. I want to say he even played it as a junior and then moved to linebacker or played some safety in linebacker and then moved to linebacker exclusively pretty much as a senior. I could see I could have seen Singleton taking that same route and taking that same role in that defense. But now that they've now that Manny has hired uh, Grant head coach Dylan Barrett and they brought him on staff, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to be that same uh, that same philosophy on defense that would dictate that sort of move. I do think in college that Singleton is a guy who probably grows into a linebacker. I could see him being 225, you know, being 225, 230 pretty easily once he gets into a uh, into a college weight program. And, and so, you know, once again, when you look at linebacker being such a big, a big area of need mm-hmm. for you, it's nice that you have Xavier Atkins while he's not while he's considered a Texas guy now. You know, you got a Louisiana boy right there. You got another one in Tylen Singleton. So you have some guys at those need positions. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't look like you're going to have them at the offensive line, but it is good to have them at another neat position of need at linebacker like that. And you still got some other linebackers in the state that LSU is going to, you know, that LSU is going to recruit they're going to monitor you got albert smith over at uh, over at uh over in ponchatoula he's a guy you've got uh at denim springs you've got deshaun mcbride kind of in that same safety linebacker you know hybrid uh, you know where is his body going to take him so you've still got some other guys out there too that you're going to see them uh evaluating and who could possibly show up you know a little more prominently on the radar by the time summer gets here Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, you just were going to see the guys that are not that high four-star ranking, they may jump, they get into a camp this spring, they get into a camp, they get in front of a coach or an evaluator uh, early summer, they can make that jump. Uh, the defensive backfield, 
I kind of feel good about in the sense that uh, for LSU fans, I got to see a lot of Zion Ferguson this past year at Gainesville High School, really prominent program in North Georgia. Uh, this kid is is a really good football player, a great athlete, uh, and, and he's got you know that six foot six foot one probably good length to the corner position. Um, a guy I know that you're more familiar with, Wallace Foster. So you feel like you got you got your two corners. Uh, you've got two linebackers right now, to Xavier Atkins and Maurice Williams. Offensively, you go back to the offensive line. I mean, you kind of have to go outside the state, and that's where yeah. I kind of bring it here. You know, we talked about this. Um, I'm not going to butcher his name, but Mr. Lambert out of Massachusetts that Glenn did a great write up on. Uh, obviously, the offensive tackle. Uh, this is a guy where they're going to have to reach out of, out of state. How much of a recruiting footprint, or does it matter? Does the brand of LSU matter to a kid that's from the Northeast, that's from nowhere near uh, the LSU campus? Yeah, and you know, even before, even before, uh, before Brian Kelly and Brian Polian, who's recruited the the Northeast part of the country a lot, uh, even before they got here, LSU, it <clears throat> it wasn't common, but it wasn't totally foreign. For LSU to go up into, you know, to go up into New York, to go up into uh, New Jersey, to go up into some of those areas and pick a player here and there. Um, you know, I think that obviously having having Kelly and having Polian on staff, who they have those connections, they have those ties with the high school coaches, with the other folks in that area who you know, from their time days of recruiting that part of the country. I think that helps. Um but I, you know, I, I really think when you look at a guy like Lambert, I think it's probably more about the LSU brand hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, as, as opposed to relationships that's going to make a big deal for him when it comes to whether or not he's interested in LSU. Now, once he's interested, those relationships, that's when they really kind of come into play. But, uh, you know, he's going to be a big target. I think you also look at uh, you also look at Daniel Calhoun uh, out of North Carolina. He's another big target. He's already visited. I want to say he's been in I want to say he's been on campus a couple of times. So he's a guy that you definitely have to keep on your radar. Uh, You know what really kind of when I look at the offensive line, the interior part of the offensive line is where I think they really need to kind of go out. They need to kind of address things a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can always move guys from the edge. You can always move them inside. But you also need you also need two or three of those. And, you know, I think you also need in this class a couple of guys who are just, hey, I'm a road grader. I want to be inside. I want to get my hands on somebody. I'm going to pay kick. I'm going to drive them into the ground. I think Kyrie Lee's a, uh, is a good example of that, but I think they really need to kind of go out and they need to get a couple of more because while you look at the interior of LSU's offensive line right now and, and you feel good about it, you know, going into this season, you have Miles Frazier who, you know, including 2023, he goes into this spring with two years of eligibility left. Same with Charles Turner, same with Marlon Martinez, same with Garrett Dellinger. You know, those are four guys who could who you could look at and say, okay, those all look like four guys who could start on the interior in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But you also have to look at the fact that these guys are also older. Do they take advantage of that COVID year? If they take advantage of that COVID year, then you're in a better position. You're in a good position. But other, if not, all of a sudden you're potentially talking about four your top four interior guys who could leave after this class. So mm-hmm. you really have to look at it. I think you really have to address it. Uh, DJ Chester, you'll start to get a better idea 
on uh, on how he's going to be able to handle snapping the ball and handle the uh, center position, you know, before the season starts, by the time you give him the summer and you give him a fall camp to go through. But, um, you know, so I'm not saying that you necessarily have to go out and you have to get you a center, but I think you do have to get you just a couple of big maulers, a couple of big road graders who want to line up inside to really kind of help solidify, uh, you know, solidify the depth for when you do lose those, uh, you know, those four guys that we uh, talked about. Yeah, and I think it's where a name for me, Jordan Seaton, kind of comes into play. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know how how does that recruitment take off? I mean, obviously right. he was offered by LSU last November, um, but like you said, I mean this is a good portion of its recruiting class that they're trying to address. And like you said, I think there's a need where you could be sitting in two years really pretty with a lot of veteran presence on the interior, or it could be the exact opposite. And look, I mean, time will tell whether these kids take that COVID year or not. It's a luxury, but also can really come back to hurt you. So it really we is. Be, what, we should only have, I think, one more year or two more years to worry about that. I think it's – I think it's I think one. it ends in 2024. So I think we have, we have basically have one more year that we have to – I'm ready to go back to the time of where you could just look at a roster – and take the guesswork out of it. You know, <laughs> you look at a roster now, they've got a kid listed as a senior. Oh, but he's been here for eight years. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm just ready for those days because now you look at a roster, you have no idea if the kid's a senior, if he has two years of eligibility left, you know, really how it is. Mm, no, yeah, it's – I'm tired of looking at a roster seeing, you know, fifth-year sophomores or fifth-year juniors, <laughs> however it, however it works. But, no, it's – Seton's definitely an option on the inside part that, that'll be kind of interesting to monitor going forward as well as a host of other guys. Uh, when you look still outside the state, I mean um, – I can speak this a little bit more. I mean, you have guys like King Joseph Edwards that's been kind of the guy they've really looked at, both as a pass rusher and a tight end, just a really good, great all-around athlete. Um, I know you talked with Caden Durham uh, out, of, out of Duncanville, Texas. He went on an unofficial uh, this past January, uh, I should say last month now. Where does LSU – because you, you did a great piece on the 2025 class. It's loaded with, with running back talent, especially in the state. Where do they look in 2024? Because once again, you have a room that has a lot of talent, but once again, all these guys could leave. I mean, there, there's a big Noah, you know, a Kane, all of these guys could leave John Emery Jr. next season, and some of them will have to. Uh, so you kind of have to hope you have a good depth chart before you look at that 2025 class. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, if the if the running back room stayed the way that it is right now, you would enter uh, you would enter fall camp, enter the summer with six guys. Two true mm-hmm. freshmen in Caleb Jackson and Trey Holly, Armani Goodwin, who will be a junior uh, this year, coming off of you know coming off of his knee injury that that ended his season, a little past the midway point, I want to say, and th- but then after that, you've got three guys. You've got John Emery, who he's going to be a senior. He would have another year of eligibility left. You've got Josh Williams, Noah Kane, who will be done. So you could potentially lose three of those guys, um, but. You know, I look at it. I think Caden Durham. He's a guy that uh, he's a guy that I think that as of right now, I would put him in the uh, you know in the class as a mm-hmm. guy who I think is like would be likely to pick LSU right now. But if they take another running back, I think it's going to be a transfer portal guy because you want to get someone who's got a little experience. You want to get someone who can uh, you know who can maybe come in and help fill a short term gap, but at the same time and at the same time not affect the perception of your roster and your running back room 
to where those in-state kids for 2025 start looking elsewhere. Because I could easily see LSU taking three in-state running backs in 2025 right, right now. But if you go and you add two guys in this class, you know, two high school guys in this class, I think that that may affect uh, your ability to both be able to go out and convince all three of those guys, you know, that they want to join that running back room. So it's going to be interesting to see how they address it. But right now, I like Caden Durham in the class. And then if I had to, if, if I had to say, because I don't see them losing three running backs and then only, only adding one, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to sell those 2025 uh, running backs on, Hey, this guy, we brought him in as a transfer. He only has one year left when you get here, you know? Yeah. So, oh, that's so, huge. So I think that's, a, I think that's an easier sell. Yeah. You have to keep the focus down the road. I mean, because we say, let's, we, let's say we go one year from today, there's hopefully a transfer running back in, in fold. Uh, there's a guy like Armani Goodwin that can come back. And if those three guys leave, you're selling to a 2025 guy saying, hey, you instead of having potentially four guys above you in the pecking order, uh, you, you're going to have maybe two, and we'll have to see kind of how that lays out with the rest of the season if anybody decides to leave or gets a better opportunity elsewhere. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, Sonny, as we kind of wrap this up, we, we've gone through some names, and a lot of them have been big names. I mean, obviously, we could talk about Colin Simmons, a guy that is uh, you know LSU really likes off that edge out of Texas. Is there anybody when you look at their film, or maybe you've – peruse through uh you know the, the list in louisiana that we don't really have or maybe the fan base doesn't know a lot about right now but that could pop off this summer that's worth mentioning yeah i think there's i, I think there's a few guys uh, you know a guy that's, that i start with is a uh, rustin linebacker Jaden mayfield we've got him listed at six foot he's probably he, he's probably a little under um you know a, a little shorter than, <clears throat> than you would like your inside linebackers to be but man, he's a guy. When you look at him on tape, I mean, he just he gets to the ball with authority. He really moves well on the second level, and so he's a guy I'm anxious to see uh, kind of where his recruitment goes. Deshaun McBride out of Denim mm-hmm. out of Denham Springs, you know, that was another guy that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Kobe Young out of Holy Cross, you know, he's a guy who's a three star prospect with us right now. Keep trying to tell him that we need to get him bumped up to a four because, I mean, this kid is explosive and he is, you know, he he is, he is really legit. Um, you know, Dominic McKinley, a, a defensive lineman out of Acadiana, 6'5", 290. You know, with Louisiana not really being deep at the defensive tackle position, and that's an area that LSU really needs to address with mm-hmm. some young guys. You know, he's a guy that and, – and Westgate's uh, Demarion Johnson, you know, is another guy that yeah. you have to look at. You have to say, okay, if you have this major need at defensive tackle and these are the state's two best right here, you know, we, you have to you have to really take a good look at that and, and really make your strong push there, you know, to try to, to, try to shore up that area. And, and, you know, and like you mentioned, more guys are going to emerge. There's going to be mm-hmm. a lot more names that are going to emerge – uh, by the time camp gets here and, you know, you start dealing with all the summer camps and stuff, you'll really see some guys emerge. But uh, – and here's – in, in, in Louisiana, you know, Louisiana, everyone kind of got on uh, – well, they got on Brian Polian for multiple reasons last year for special teams. <laughs> but the recruiting side got on him a little bit for letting Peyton Woodring, uh, the mm-hmm. kicker, number one kicker in the country out of Lafayette, letting him leave the state and go to Georgia. 
I think Louisiana is probably going to have a number one kicker again in the country uh, with the kid out of Parkway. And, uh, you know, and, and so he's another guy that I think you're going to start to kind of hear a little bit more stuff on. And, and when you look at guys who could potentially end up in this class, um, you know, of guys maybe, uh, you know, who you don't hear about right now, I think he's another one that you put on that list of, of guys that you kind of pencil in because they're going to need a kicker. I think they're going to need a kicker, um, you know, I really – it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out when you have Damian, uh, Damian Ramos, who was on um, – you know, who was a walk-on, who was your kicker in twenty in uh, 2022. But then you signed a true freshman in Nathan Dibber. You know, how long is he going to uh, – you know, you know is if, if Damian Ramos is con- going to continue to be your kicker, well, then you could potentially be needing a scholarship kicker in a year yeah. or two. And I think that's where you can see the Parkway kid kind of come in to come into play. So, um, you know, there's going to there's never a shortage of names. I don't think uh, Louisiana is going to be nearly as top heavy as it was in 2023. Obviously, when you look at the guys like Arch Manning, uh, Derek mm-hmm. Williams, Shelton Sampson Jr., I don't think you're going to be as top heavy right there. But I, I do think that as the spring evaluation period really kicks up, you hit the May evaluation period when coaches are on the road, and then you start with the camps. I think I, th- I think more guys are going to emerge to where people will, will look at 2024 and say, okay, it was a you know it, it was a pretty good class. It may not be that great class, but, but I think they'll look back at it and say, you know, it was a pretty good class. Well, and it's a good class right now that LSU has committed. We talked about that, and obviously. Like we've we've mentioned multiple times, there's going to be multiple kids that rise up big boards, not only of LSU, and that'll be something to monitor as well. As if LSU gets a kid in a camp on June, July, what other schools take notice? What other schools say, hey, you know, this kid we had him pretty highly, uh, you know, evaluated, but now he's taking another jump, and it'll be interesting to monitor as well. Sonny, appreciate it as always. Talking a little recruiting, 2024 class, never too early to begin those conversations. It is a uh, there truly is no off season, uh, but you know. Right now, basketball not doing well, but you do need to check out the women's game Sunday night, a little appetizer before the Super Bowl. Sonny, I'll ask you, uh, who you got in the Super Bowl? I know you kind of started started a little thread, but for the people who maybe aren't on the VIP board yet and need to get a part of it, a little teaser, uh, who you got in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Yeah, I went Chiefs 27-23. Mm. You, I, I'm, I'm going – I want the Eagles to win. I, I just want to say that. I want the Eagles to win. Um, I, you know, I like that. I like uh, Sirianni, uh, but I'm going Chiefs 26-19. I think that uh, I think I think Kansas City has too much firepower. And look, uh, when you look at that roster, they've been there, they've done that. It's too many times to count. It feels like at this point, so uh, they've got the they've got the edge, in my opinion. The bigger question is: Are you going to watch it at your place with you and your wife, or are you going to watch it with others? I think I'm watching my place with, with my wife and I. I think we're just going to hang back, enjoy a, a nice weekend. Because the one thing I love about it, and listen, college football, you got to figure this out. We saw kind of all the news breaking, you know, with, with new expanded playoff. The Super Bowl's got it figured out. A 6 p.m. Eastern time slot, 5 p.m. Central start time. You can, you know, you get the kids to bed. You, you, we don't have kids. But I'm sure, Sonny, you've had to go through that. You get the kids to bed. Everyone gets to watch, enjoy, and you get a full night's sleep. National championship game starting nine o'clock Eastern. It feels like every single year it's it's miserable. Dude, you ain't got to tell nobody that you don't have kids. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Getting your kids in bed for five o'clock? <laughs> Damn, yeah. they're not dogs and cats, man. <laughs> 
give them some Benadryl, right? That's what my parents did to me. Jeez, oh, knock them out. Oh, man. Well, look, we it's another straight, great book. We, we just go straight volume here. <laughs> you never know what mess, you're going to get. We don't mess with the over-the-counter stuff. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get on the Go 24-7 podcast. That's not going to be edited out. That's going to be kept for entertainment value purposes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it gives you a reason to make sure you subscribe to Go 24-7. Get on the boards. Never a better time. we got baseball coverage coming. Uh, Glenn West has been at every single press conference. He and Dylan Sanders doing some great work there. And we're going to keep pumping out content because we are now just eight, nine days away from the start of college baseball season and much anticipated. I know at this at this juncture in the season – Practice, you're ready just to play somebody else in, in another uniform, and that goes for any sport as they get closer to the start of the season. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Sonny Ship, and we've been talking 2024 recruiting for LSU. Never a better time to talk about it. We'll catch you next time, whether it's Apple, Spotify, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, or right here on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe, make sure to like, and let us know what you think about the upcoming 2024 class for the Tigers.